Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. You're tuned in to Real-Time Relationships. Enter the world of successful relationships. You'll get insider tips on how to navigate the perils and pitfalls of modern dating and up-close-and-personal real-life stories you can relate to from Dr. Camarado's personal clients. Dr. Marianne Camarado is a relationship expert, author, and media personality who continues to enjoy her own long-term successful relationship. And now, here's Real-Time Relationships with Dr. Marianne Camarado. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the program. We are so glad you're joining us today on Real-Time Relationships with Dr. Marianne Camarado. Wow. Today, we are coming together to talk about an issue that seems to be all over the news uh, and sadly affects one in five people uh, in the United States. Actually, the latest research shows that one in five females will experience sexual assault, attempted or completed rape, most before the age of 25. On this program today, we want to talk about what is sexual assault? What's the definition? What, what's the difference between rape and date rape? Uh, what, what's a rape culture even mean? Uh, when I've been thinking about this over these last months, um, really wondering myself, how can we affect change? Uh, I've been talking to a lot of young folks uh, about their experience and thought it might be really powerful and important for us to have a couple of them on the show. Today we want to introduce you to our guests, two college students who have agreed to share some of their experience with us regarding this topic today. I'm delighted to have Riley and Caitlin with us to share their personal experience, some of what's going on on campus, a little bit about their backgrounds and so forth. So sit tight with us today. Take this journey uh, into the depth of trying to understand our rape culture in the Western culture uh, right here on Real-Time Relationships. So welcome to the program, the both of you. I'm so glad you're here, Caitlin and Riley. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Caitlin, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about where you're at in school, where you live, just so folks have a little bit of idea of who you are and what you're up to right now. Sure, yeah. So I am 20 years old. I am from the Bay Area, and I go to college in California as well. I'm a collegiate athlete. And... Yeah, I grew up in a small town, and I'm really glad to be on the show and being able to share my experience with others, and hopefully they can get something out of my experience. So thank you for having me. Uh, Thank you so much for being here, Caitlin. How about you, Riley? What's happening? Where are you at in your academic journey these days? Um, Right now I'm in Santa Barbara studying business, and I'm 19 and next semester going to Orange County, actually, for school. So, yeah. So 
Fantastic. That's great. Thank you so much for being here. The both of you are um, California-born uh, people, and sometimes uh, folks, I don't know if this is your experience, but sometimes folks think that a lot of us are very progressive and liberal when it comes to talking about these things. Um, does that occur to you? Do you ever feel, can you feel your Californianess when it comes to talking about issues and politics? I'll start with you, Kate. What does that bring up for you? Yeah, so for me, I think, um, you know, it's no secret kind of what happens, um, especially in kind of our topic today, which is, you know, I think we're going to get into the sexual assault part, and it's, um, I don't necessarily think that people shy away from it, especially in California. I think it's one of the places where people can feel comfortable speaking up, and that's just been kind of my experience through it all. And yeah. um, I'm really grateful to actually live in a place that, you know, kind of accepts, I don't want to say accepts sexual assault, but accept the speaking out about it. Right, and exactly. I think California does a great job, uh, you know, kind of making and wanting to strive for that change. And that's yeah. just my experience. Beautiful. Thank you for that. Riley, how about you? Do you ever think about being a California-born person as it relates to the political kinds of topics we're going to talk about today in terms of sexual assault and the rape culture? Yeah, I think that she's touched on it pretty well, but I think that, like, being from California allows you to express how you feel more so than in other states could, because it is a progressive state, and it just allows for that, like, uh, to be comfortable around talking about subjects like that. Yeah. So, thank you. So, in terms of our cultural climate, these are the kinds of things that we talk about uh, from the, you know, California perspective. So let's talk a little bit about your own personal microclimate in your family. Caitlin, tell us a little bit about what it was like for you growing up and talking about sex, sexuality, and all of that. What was the climate? What was it like growing up for you? Yeah. Um, for me, I think, you know, the topic of sex didn't really come up until I think I started to form, you know, have small relationships with boys in high school. You know, it was, I grew up also in a family where, you know, I was kind of, I, I was a baby and I was also the only female in my family. So I, I had an older brother, I have an older brother, and he was kind of my bodyguard almost. And, um, you know, I think that, I don't want to say it was shunned, but, you know, it was, it was almost kind of awkward to bring up the topic of sex. And I think that, you know, I kind of experienced and had those talks with my girlfriends growing up. I went to an all-girl Catholic high school, and, um, you know, we had a lot of speakers come in and talk to us about what is sex. You know, we had sex ed growing up. And so I, I knew all of that stuff, but I think that in my family in particular, I didn't really feel like I had necessarily that support. And, uh, you know, that's not the experience. And, and I found that support in other ways through other people, through the women in my family, you know, but that's, and that was just my experience. 
And I think also having an older brother, you know, for me, it was almost like I I just felt ashamed, actually, to kind of speak about it. You know, I felt that if I spoke about it, like, the entire family was going to know and yada, yada, yada. And so I kind of shied away from it, actually. And and to be honest and frank, I, I was scared about sex. You know, I had thoughts put in my head that, not that sex was wrong, but that something horrible was going to happen, almost. Right. And, um, you know, that, yeah. and, and that was just, again, that was my experience. Yeah, got it. So there, that was the climate for you. How about yourself, Riley? Tell me what it was like in your family growing up, and what was the general uh, feeling in the air when it came to sex, sexuality, and, and talking about it, or, you know, what you kind of, what your uh, experience was. Yeah, I think that coming from a divorced family actually made it so I could talk about things like this a lot more uh, fluidly with my family, especially because my uncle, he was very prevalent in my life. He's he's gay, and it was never really like a big thing for me, I don't think. I think it was always comfortable to talk about it with my parents and everything about girls with my dad and mom, and actually my step-parents, too. They actually played a big part in helping me with advice and everything. And I don't know, I just didn't think it was that big of a deal or it wasn't anything I couldn't talk about with them, which I think was very helpful. Mm. Oh, yeah. And this brings up my next great point. Would you both mind telling us a little bit about your sexual orientation and when you started to notice or if you maybe are still not sure what that means for you right now? Let's start with you, Kate. How do you identify? Because apparently today... It's really apparent. People are changing the way they identify their not only their gender but their sexuality. So how do you identify and how did you come to that for yourself? Yeah, so I identify as a heterosexual woman and you know, I you know, I've always I've always been attracted to males. That was never um something that I really second guessed. Um mm-hmm. so I, I I don't know, and I think that, you know, that that was never really a question between my parents and I either because we never had that conversation, and I do have a lot of friends, you know, especially in California who are bisexual, homosexual, and, you know, I think that that's something that when I was growing up, you know, for a long time, and it, I think we just started to kind of see it in, I think, the in, in like, the mid-2000s, you know, but um, a lot of people weren't coming out like that, and I think going to an all-girls school, too, I was kind of put in that situation where we accept it all, and so I'm really grateful that I had that opportunity to see that and to, again, like you said, live in California where it's okay to be who you are. But I think a lot of people are scared to, or were in the past, were scared to come and to identify in a certain way for fear of, you know, being left out or not being accepted by society. And I think that that's changed throughout the years. And, you know, I'm so grateful for that and that I get to be a part of it and, you know, um, have friends of all different types and it, it, it's so great because I get to see a completely different world mm-hmm, but there mm-hmm. are a lot of you know um, not the word I'm looking for but there are a lot of difficulties that come with 
not oh, identifying, yeah. I believe, as a heterosexual. That's right. Um, that's the norm. That's the norm in our culture. Right. Exactly. Right. Thank you, Kate. What What about you, Riley? Talk about how that is for you and and where you're at with the way you identify these days. I would identify myself as a straight male, and I think it's just. I don't know, it's never been something I questioned. Like, obviously, there have been kids that I know and friends of mine that are uh, homosexual, and that's just never been a problem for me. And I would be fine and comfortable if I was, but especially around my family. But it's just not something that I ever really identified with, I guess. Got it. Got it. Got it. So sounds like both of you have a sense of who you are in terms of your sexual identity, um, you grew up in, you know, a particular climate that um, the culture uh, actually helps you be able to be more open and that you're both sort of uh, pretty open to even discussing this kind of topic pretty um, in, in some depth, right? Whereas maybe some of your friends and other folks in other parts of the country and the world that are listening, uh, this might be a, a bigger, more frightening conversation. Um, so having said that, let's talk a little bit about the rape culture that you now find yourself in. We're going to take a leap because that's what people are calling college campuses, a rape culture. What do you think about that? Let's, I'm going to climb right over your experience in high school um, for a moment just to, just to speak to this because this is a startling, startling term. Caitlin, let's start with you. What do you think about that? You know, I I do agree with that, but I also think that a lot of rapes that occur are not, you know, brought to the forefront, and I think a lot of that has to do with, um, I, and again, this is my experience being a student athlete. You know, I'm surrounded by college campus, and kind of the group that I identify with is being an athlete. And, you know, within the athletic program, there's a lot of secrecy that comes with it. And there's a lot of protection of, you know, some of the really good athletes. And, you know, you hear things happening within the athletic program, but it's never really brought outside of the program. And so I have, I also have friends who are outside of the athletic department as well. And, you know, I feel like they, I don't know how to say they they're able to freely talk about it more so. And I think mm-hmm. it's also due to the fact that, you know, and kind of, and again, going back to being in the, in the athletic program, it's not, again, shunned, but it's, people just don't want to talk about it. You know, yeah, they, they have yeah. star athletes. Let, let me jump right? in here, Kate. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to jump in here and just say that, you know, the the rape culture is something that has sort of been a way for people to impose some phenomenon that's happening, right? Something that's extraordinary and pandemic, really. The numbers are staggering, right, of, of how this is happening. So that you're aware of it is important, that people are talking about it is important. And we're going to get into how do we navigate that. Riley, tell us a little bit about your experience of understanding the rape culture. When did you even first hear the term, and what did it mean for you? Um, going to such a big school, and it's like kind of a college city, I guess, you hear about it so much, it's sadly almost normalized to just hear about it, and you always feel bad about it, but there's not, 
it has just happened so much, and it's, it's happened with a couple of my friends, honestly, and it's just sad, and it's so hard to help them through it because you can't empathize with them and how they feel, but it's just, yeah, it happens a lot on this campus particularly. Right. Thank you for that. So it's it's all over the place, right? This, this is yeah. something, like you said, that's normalized, it's there, and you're both having to deal with it as our you know, the 92.9 million other college students that are enrolled in colleges this year. Um, that's a lot of people, and we're just talking about college students at this point. So, which is heartbreaking to have to feel like you're, you're in this kind of a climate. How, how does this affect you as a female, Caitlin, um, in terms of feeling like that every day that you go to school that there's this climate of, of race that we're talking about. How does this affect you? What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, you know, I mean, especially being a woman, I feel like I can never let my guard down, and that's just the honest truth about it. I go to a really small school um, in contrast to Riley, and... Even so, you know, across campus, it's a three-minute walk. I I don't feel comfortable walking alone at nighttime, you know, and that's just that's the truth of it. And um, I, I hate to say that, I really do, but yeah. you know, I it, it, it's it's like like Riley said, it's just it's normalized, and we see it all over, and um, it does. It makes it makes me really sad. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Thank you for that. Riley, how about you? You're a, a guy. You're on campus. Do you think about it every day? How does it affect you? Um, I don't personally think about it, but when I am out with friends and stuff, it makes you have to be so precautious because you don't want to put out that wrong. Uh, even when you're just talking to girls or anyone, you don't want to put out like that. I, I can't even explain it, but. Like that vibe, I guess that you're like a predatory, like a predatory vibe, yeah, right? It's, it's just like a disgusting vibe, like vibe in general, and it's just something you really want to stray away from. And also with friends, like I do ask my friends sometimes, girls, like, hey, do you need to go somewhere at night and stuff because it is a big campus and things like that do happen. Sadly. Mm -hmm. Got it. All right, so you both have a, a different orientation, being on both sides of it, right? Riley, mm -hmm. talk a little bit about this predatory vibe. How has that changed the way that you are uh, in your approaching your relationships versus being in high school, for example? I know it's a totally different time of life, but, but yeah. something dramatically changed about your being able to approach someone you like now? Yeah, because in high school, I went to a school with like 300 kids and 80 of them which were in our class, so you knew everyone, so everyone knew who you were and like how you acted and stuff. But here it's like you meet new people every day and you just don't, they don't know who you are, you don't know who they are, so you can't really have a preconceived notion of what they are. So I know that some people feel that way about me, like, oh, who is this person? And I just want to put off that like, like forthcoming vibe that like, hey, I'm this type of person, I'm not a predator or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You gotta make yourself like really clear because there are, I've, yeah, there are people like that that's terrible. Yeah. But, yeah, we're going to get to that. I want to, we want to hear about the people that are like that and how you're both being in relationship with them. How about you, Caitlin? You said that early on that, you know, you had some 
small dating experiences early on. Um, do you feel different now that you're in college and given the climate that we're in? Um, how has that changed you or shaped you? Yeah, definitely. I think that in high school, like Riley, I went to a very small high school, and I was surrounded by girls all the time. And so, you know, going back into that co-ed environment, especially in college, you know, coming in, I, me, I, I want to meet new people, you know, experience new things. And um, I think that, you know, I have to be a lot more careful than I was in high school. Like, I'm not in necessarily a controlled environment anymore. You know, I'm just kind of out on my own. And um, one thing that I have done, and it's not what I did in high school, but I make sure I have at least two other girlfriends with me, you know, wherever I go. And um, in high school, you know, that, that wasn't necessarily the case. Like Riley, we all knew each other. You know, if you did something, everyone knew about it, and everyone kind of had your back. And now that I'm kind of in college, it's kind of like a free-for-all in some ways. Yeah. So the biggest difference for me that I've noticed. Right, a free-for-all. There's a lot going on in college that wasn't in high school, and you are certainly free and now adults, right? So the consequences of our actions are different when we cross that line. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk about this free-for-all climate. What happens? Who crosses the line? Who doesn't when we return Right here on Real Time Relationships, I'm Dr. Marianne Camarado. We'll be back with Riley and Caitlin right after these messages. Do you have relationship questions? I wish my past relationships didn't affect my relationships now to the point that I project them onto my partner. I'm perpetually single. What does that mean? You know, I've been single for 15 years, and at this point, I can hardly even imagine what intimacy and total connection would even feel like. The part of my relationship with a man that I've had in my life for so many years that keeps me here and present is that the relationship is not just about me, about us. We come in at 50-50, and it feels so good when you can help that other person move forward and they can help you. To get answers to your relationship questions, call in to Real Time Relationships with Marianne Camarado every fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on HealthyLife.net. For the best in business class travel, count on Cheapo Air. Cheapo Air has the best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service, and easy booking online or by phone. To experience your hassle-free journey, start by going to HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Cheapo Air. Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, build muscle, or just live healthy, Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. Radio your way. HealthyLife.net Welcome back to Real-Time Relationships. I'm Dr. Marianne Camarado. Joining me today are two 
amazing and courageous college students. Riley and Caitlin are joining us today to talk about their experience growing up and moving into this, what we're now calling this rape culture. Uh, so both of you are just so amazing and courageous for being here, sharing your experience today. I'm so grateful for that. Uh, before we went to the break, we were talking about, you know, what moving into adulthood and suddenly you're in college and it's a free-for-all for some people more than others. The two of you have had different experiences and different backgrounds, but there you are now, free to do as you will. Obviously, there are guidelines and so forth in college, right? There's things you got to do. You got to get your homework done. You got to show up and take your exams. But beyond that, you're sort of launched into being an adult. One of the things that comes with that is this expression of sexuality is not being monitored by your parents, right? So let's talk about what it is to be in this sort of free-for-all and how sexuality comes into play. So I'm going to ask you both, what is your understanding of date rape versus rape uh, in general? Riley, I'm going to start with you. What do you know about that? What, what are, what are, what's your understanding of, of those two terms? Um, the difference between the two, I think, tell me if I'm wrong, I think rape is more like uh, forcing yourself upon someone, but I think date rape is, I don't know, because I always hear about the terms like date rape drugs, and I assume that's what they are. Like It's like putting something in someone's drink or somehow making someone in like a mindset where they don't remember, they can't they can't uh, protect themselves from anything. Am I wrong? Right. Well, that's interesting. It's good to know. Uh, so many of us don't know the difference. Sexual assault and abuse is any kind of sexual activity that you do not agree to. Mm -hmm. uh, and rape is the same. It's unwanted advances uh, uh, that physical violence, coercion, any of that that you don't want. And date rape is being raped by someone you know. That's the only difference. Uh, right? Yeah. Isn't that, I mean, isn't that interesting? Yeah, I didn't know that's what the definition of date rape was. That's kind of, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's pretty amazing that that one distinction uh, is something that a lot of us don't know. Caitlin, you you have your own experience understanding these terms. What is it? Share for us your understanding of rape versus date rape. Sure, yeah. And I think um, Riley actually touched on a good point, too, about um, the date rape and what we hear. And I think what he was referring to is the date rape drug. And so we hear a lot about that, but for me, um, the term rape is generally associated with, um, you know, sexual activity that's unwanted by a person or person that you don't generally know. And in my experience, date rape is associated with someone who, you know, you've been sexually, you've had sexual relations with, not necessarily sex. But, and you also know this person. And so, um, you know, for me, I was kind of confused by the two terms. And, you know, I've, we've had some lengthy discussions about it, too. And um, I think that, like Riley, a lot of people are confused by the two terms. And, and I think that it's really important that we get that message out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Caitlin. Uh, thank you both for that because uh, it, it really is misunderstood and we make up 
stories and ideas about it, um, actually the predominance of people that are raped are raped by someone they know. And the definition of knowing someone can also get murky, right? You can go on a date with someone and suddenly you know them, right? You can meet someone in, in a bar and suddenly they're a friend of a friend, so they're kind of a known entity. Like, where do we draw that line, right? Where race is race. It's un- any unwanted sexual act of, of penetration uh, to any orifice of your body. That is what was considered the, the definition of rape. So these lines are, are, our legislation is trying to make the lines even murkier now, uh, where what we're all trying to do is, is get clear on what it is and how can we prevent it from happening, which is the purpose for our coming together on this program. So we have to understand what we're actually talking about and then, you know, how do we prevent that. So let's move forward and talk a little bit about how this happens. And then I want to talk about why people don't talk about it when it happens, right? Because we know that 45% of college women keep silent about sexual assault. And only 2.6% of women who experienced or attempted or completed rape report the incident to police. 2.6%. That's, you know, that's staggering, right? Right. So how does this happen? What do you both think happens uh, to create such a prevalence of this rape culture? Riley, let's start with you. How did we get here? And what's going on? Um... I think, like I said before, how it just became normalized. Like when someone, because it's usually, or for me, it's someone that you've heard about that does it, but you don't know them personally. Because I don't think I make connections with people like that. But, and it's just something you hear about, and it's just, I can't even, I can't really put my finger on it, but it's just, it hasn't, it's the culture, it's just kind of become normalized, sadly. And, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, let me let me be more specific then. Thank you, because this is a really tough question. It's a big question. You say people like that. What what is this person or this type, this profile of individual we're talking about? The folks who actually violate another human being. What? Who who are they? What is their profile? It's usually guys that think they're above everything. Like they they there's no rules for them. They think everyone else has a certain set of rules, but they think they're above all of that. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they they feel like they're above women, or not just women, everyone, but they feel like they're they're allowed to do certain things that other people aren't mm-hmm. because they're in, let's say, like this frat or this group and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What messages, if any, have you heard over the years for this type of person that you've ever been in proximity with that you would go, oh, that's that type of person? What kind of language do they use? How do they usually talk about women or people in general, Riley? Uh, they probably talk about they talk about everyone else is lower than that first talk. I know a couple people like that. Not that they have done anything, not that I know of, but it's that type of person. They talk about people that are lower, and they use derogatory terms for women all the time. And, like, just talk, like, they see someone walking down the street, and they'll point it out, and they'll say something, like, terrible. And it's can, just, can you give us an example that isn't totally profane that we can say on the radio? Like, what are some of the things they might say uh, about a woman just in common parlance? You know, the president himself said it, you know, on national television. Oh, this is just locker room talk. You know, I can grab her, you know what, and and that, and she, you know, nobody's going to do anything because I'm me, that kind of thing. What have you actually heard? 
you there. Caitlin, did you lose? Hello. Okay. Hello. So we lost Riley, but... Uh, no, I'm here. Okay, are you thinking? Right. <laughs> are you thinking? <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought that was a question for her. No, 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 that's okay. I just want to hear, Riley, what have you actually heard guys saying to and about females that are oh. derogatory, sort of like what the president says? Anything like that that you can actually say? You can bleep out any of the profanity. I don't know if I can... Okay, if I can bleep out the profanity. Yeah. Like, look at that bleep walking down the street or something like that, or just yeah. talking about how they look and how they're perceived just by, like, looking at them. And then say something like calling her a, uh, I can't, I don't think the, I can say the that. The C word, the C word, the yeah, C word, yeah, like the C word, and she's a hoe, and, yeah. she, you know, things like that. That's pretty common kind of language, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Especially How, during, because yeah, uh, you meet new people all the time during uh, going out and stuff, and especially during that time you meet people that say stuff like that and you, some people just kind of stand there and like, wow, you're really saying this right now, aren't you? Wow. Right, and that's for you how you might sort who you want to move towards or away from, right, Riley? Yeah, As definitely. Guy? Yeah, it's a sorting mechanism. How about you, Caitlin? What, what kind of profile do you see of this type of person that we're talking about, the perpetrator type? Is there one and what do you notice about them? perpetrator type. I think, well, kind of going back to your first question, which ties into this as well, I think that, you know, whenever alcohol is involved, no matter what, I think that causes, you know, a lot of, uh, and going back to Riley's point, it's the date rape jug as well. And so I think when I think of perpetrator, I think of someone who, you know, is like, here, have a drink. Or, here, take another drink. Oh, let me go get you a drink. So it's not necessarily a specific type of person, per se, physically, but it's more of, like, the kind of person that it's like, oh, let, let me be friends with all of you. Let me bring you in. Like, oh, you're, you're a freshman. Let me show you the way. That, that kind of person, in my experience. Mm -hmm. So BMOC, right, somebody who feels above the law, they're kind of like the charming one, they're going to lead you and show you the ropes, when on the right. other side, Riley knows full and well what they're calling you across the street, right? Yeah. Okay, right. everybody, sit tight. We're going to be back in just a minute right here on real-time relationships, more with Riley and Caitlin. We're going to talk about what actually happens when it comes right down to it. Uh, and what we can do about it uh, to help make more of a difference. We'll be back right after these messages. Do you have relationship questions? I wish my past relationships didn't affect my relationships now to the point that I project them onto my partner. I'm perpetually single. What does that mean? You know, I've been single for 15 years, and at this point, I can hardly even imagine what intimacy and total connection would even feel like. The part of my relationship with a man that I've had in my life for so many years that keeps me here and present is that the relationship is not just about me, about us. We come in at it 50-50, and it feels so good 
when you can help that other person move forward and they can help you. To get answers to your relationship questions, call in to Real Time Relationships with Marianne Camarado every fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on HealthyLife.net. Get high-quality glasses, sunglasses, and prescription lenses at eyeglasses.com. Choose from over 250,000 items and 400 brands. Already have frames? Get replacement lenses. It's easy. Go to our advertiser page and click eyeglasses.com. You have too little time to shop, so try Farm Fresh to you. They deliver organic food the way nature intended. Delivered straight to your home or office. Economically. Visit our web advertiser page and click on Farm Fresh to You now. All positive talk with a mature edge. HealthyLife.net Welcome back, everybody, to Real-Time Relationships. I'm Dr. Marianne Camarado, and I'm so glad you're here. We're talking about a very difficult issue that's happening across the nation and beyond. We're calling it the date rape culture. I have two guests who have got the courage to continue this conversation with us today, Riley and Caitlin, both college students who are sharing their experience of what it's like to grow up in a date rape culture, what's happening for them on a personal level, and where we can go from here. Right now we want to ask each of you uh, a very sensitive question. So take your time and say nothing that doesn't feel uh, empowering for you. We're, we're wanting to share the truth about your experience, but also we want to also be very sensitive to the fact that these are very, very, very sensitive conversations. Um, so let's start with you, Riley. Have you had uh, any kind of an experience with rape personally or date rape or, if not yourself, anyone you know that you'd be willing to share with us today? Yeah, uh, personally, no, but I have had uh, one of my best friends, actually, and it was a party that I was at. It was after I left, and she she hasn't told me exactly what happened because it's hard for her to talk about but like i know that it has happened and we have like that common understanding and after she uh, i don't think she hung out with friends for like two months after that and she only went to her job she said she kept making excuses why she couldn't hang out and me and my other friend we both we didn't get it out of her but we started to like slowly like move her in towards the direction of like hey you can talk about this with us we're okay it's good to talk about and it's, I'm not going to say it changed her completely, but it definitely made her, like, I guess feel vulnerable all the time, which is terrible. How was that for you, being around your best friend who had this happen? Yeah, I was, uh, I was like, confused at certain points because I don't know how to relate to it. That's why my other friend, she's a girl, so she kind of helped her with that part, but I couldn't really relate to some of it. But I also wanted to tell her that, like, because I feel like she's scared of, like, all guys now. Not me, but, like, in general. And I just, I kind of want to tell her that, like, yes, be careful, but not everyone's bad, because that's what her, that's what her idea of people are now, right. in a way. Right. Thank you, Riley. Yeah. <sighs> Caitlin, how about you? Have you had any personal experience with what we're talking about, or if not, uh, any of your friends been affected by this? Yeah, um, you know, this is always a sensitive topic for me. Um, I have experienced date rape, and, you know, it's something that 
experience, and I've also had friends experience date rape as well, as well as rape. And I think that um, in my experience, something that I think made it difficult, too, is there was no alcohol involved. And I knew this person for, you know, he was actually, he was my best friend or one of my best friends. And we started, um, you know, talking and then we started dating a little bit. And uh, then, you know, just it, it just kind of happened. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, for so long it was like I, I'm never going to be that person. That's never going to happen to me. And, you know, there it was right in the moment. And it's like, and it was one of those things where it's, I felt like I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And I know we're going to get into it later, but, you know, I haven't come forward about it. I've told very few people, and now I'm kind of just starting to open up more and more about it. Um, hopefully being able to help other people who have experienced um, similar things. Right. And, Thank you, you know, I think that, it's again one of those things where I just felt so ashamed you know I felt so so ashamed of it and it was almost like it was my fault you know and exactly. for a long time I had it on my back you know it's my fault if only I had just not done this or if I had done not done that um, right so you know that's been my experience through it right thank you so much for sharing that with us of course uh, very heartbreaking for both of you to have had personal experience and people very close to you um, experiencing this violation uh, and and how it shapes you um, and and it can be so debilitating. But one thing that you both said that I think is important to talk about as well is why people don't say anything. Riley, why do you think? Your friend did not report this or tell anybody. Um, I think it's because she was ashamed. She like she said it. She felt like it was her fault in a way, and like she could have done something about it. She tells me this all the time, and I try to tell her it's not your fault at all. There's nothing you could have done that would have changed it. And yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. How about you, Kate? Um, for me, you know, I Same think question. it was more about trying to put up this facade that everything was okay and you know mm-hmm. I have a really hard time especially being a woman for asking for help you know especially mm-hmm. with something like this it was one of those things where I felt in a way that my womanhood was kind of taken away from me mm-hmm. you know I and that's something that you know I've just I, I've just started to work through you know it, right. it almost felt like I was, I was just so powerless and it's like, right. who who wants to hear this anyways? You right. know, so, so many people go question. through it. Yeah, that's an important question. When you have both witnessed people reporting it, what happens to people who report this kind of thing? Okay, let's start with you, Riley. What happened? What have you found? What have you seen in our culture when someone reports this? Um, kind of like, oh, they did that, so that means or that type of person when really that's what everyone should be doing when it happens. Like they don't just throw it to the side and just not acknowledge that it happened or try to overcome what happened. They just kind of throw it to the side. But when someone does do it or report it, 
honestly, I think it allows other people to realize, hey, you can do something about this if you really want to. Mm-hmm. And what is that type of person, Riley, someone who reports? What do we call that type of person? Uh, I think they're just strong and that they, they, they have an understanding of it wasn't them that could have done anything and it wasn't, the, it wasn't their fault. Mm-hmm. And do you think more people would report this if they felt supported in their reporting? Um, I, I would like to say yes, but I think that it's so personal to many people that it's really up to like their values, I guess, to see if that's something that they want to report because it is so personal. Mm-hmm. Well, Caitlin, what do you think the downsides are to reporting for a woman, for a female, uh, someone who identifies as female? What, why do you think women don't report? In my experience, one of the reasons why I didn't is um, two main things. One of them was because he was an athlete as well. So I didn't want to strip him mm-hmm. from that. And then also, because I'm an athlete as well, you know, it's like once one person knows, it's a small school, it's a small program, everyone knows. And I didn't want all eyes on me, especially not in that way. I didn't want people to pity me. I didn't want people to say, oh, poor me. You know, I, I, didn't, want, I didn't want that kind of attention. And I also, if I were to have come out with that, in some regards, like, I, I feel dirty almost. You know, and I know that we've talked about that, too. It's almost just like, oh, that happened to her. Oh, like, don't touch her. You know, and that's just that's right. just how I feel. And I'm not right. sure how – I haven't had a chance to talk to a lot of my other friends about it. We, we don't necessarily talk about it that much. Um, but I'm not sure what they would say about that. But that's just in my experience. Right. So there's sort of a stigma of being a date rape or rape victim, right? Yeah. Yeah. And nobody wants to really be that person. So women sort of suck it up, females and males, by the way. This affects as many uh, males, relatively speaking, in their population. Not as many, I'm sorry, but it affects many males. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk some about where do we go from here? What kind of climates can we avoid? What are some ways we can help find safer relationship experiences and healing experiences when we have been affected by rape or know someone who has on a college campus? Right after these messages, sit tight, everybody. We'll be back right here on Real Time Relationships. I'm Dr. Marianne Camarado. We'll be back in just a minute. Do you have relationship questions? I wish my past relationships didn't affect my relationships now to the point that I project them onto my partner. I'm perpetually single. What does that mean? You know, I've been single for 15 years, and at this point, I can hardly even imagine what intimacy and total connection would even feel like. The part of my relationship with a man that I've had in my life for so many years that keeps me here and present is that the relationship is not just about me, about us. We come in at 50-50 and it feels so good when you can help that other person move forward and they can help you. To get answers to your relationship questions, 
Call in to Real-Time Relationships with Marianne Camarado every fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on HealthyLife.net. Get high-quality glasses, sunglasses, and prescription lenses at eyeglasses.com. Choose from over 250,000 items and 400 brands. Already have frames? Get replacement lenses. It's easy. Go to our advertiser page and click eyeglasses.com. You have too little time to shop, so try Farm Fresh to you. They deliver organic food the way nature intended. Delivered straight to your home or office, economically. Visit our web advertiser page and click on Farm Fresh to You now. All positive talk with a mature edge. HealthyLife.net Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Real-Time Relationships. I was talking with Kate and Riley during the break about their experience. The last segment was very potent and uh, very sensitive as they talked about their personal experience. Riley, you mentioned that you felt more empathetic towards uh, victims, that you'd never really talked about this before in this way. And, Caitlin, you said that it's brought up some anger for you. Uh, there, This is a very, very potent topic that has to do with our shared humanity in this culture and that affects both men and women and people that are fluid and other um, sexual and gender orientations. Where do we go from here, you two? I'm going to start with you, Riley. Where do we go? Because this is everywhere. What comes up for you? What, what do we even do to try to address this, this topic and, and help, help the victims or create a prevention? Uh, I'm going to ask you in a minute, too, what kind of programs do you have in school, but what do, you, what do you think is going to work and what doesn't work? That's what I want to ask you. What's working and what's not working? I don't know if I have any solutions, per se, but I think that, like Kate said earlier, for girls to walk with friends sadly, but it's just a good thing to do because you have people that have your back around you instead of just being alone. And then at, I don't even know, when you go to a party, maybe have someone that's that's sober the whole time and that just watches all of your friends and you to make sure that nothing bad does happen. And it's sad to say that you actually have to do things like this in order to feel safe, but I just, I don't know anything else. Yeah. So so a designated, sober, uh, you know, we could put it in the positive. What would we call this person? Back in the day, we would call it an escort, right? Your parents or your aunties and they would go on dates with you. What, let's come up with a name, if we can, for what would we call this designated person. Uh, you don't have to do that right now, but think about it. I'm going to ask Kate the same question, then I'll come back to you, Riley. Caitlin, what's working, what's not working? Yeah, so, you know, I think, I think it's great that, you know, it's out there and people are talking about it. I think that's awesome. And, again, going back to being in California, you know, it's, it's out there. You know, people know now. It's not something that's, you know, being hidden anymore. People are coming out about it more. And I think, and I'll go back to kind of what Riley just said, too, and emphasis on, you know, just especially coming in as a freshman. Like, you want to drink. You want to party. You want to have fun. But that that unawareness of things happening, especially when you're drinking and taking drinks from people that you don't know. And I think a lot of things happen, too, where, you know, as, like you mentioned, the escort, I think that at the end of the day, 
no, it's not necessarily the escort's responsibility to watch over everyone. And I think that, you know, a lot of, I, I, I don't necessarily know how to say it, but I think that just the awareness of where you are, who you're taking the drink from, if you decide to drink, you know, and knowing your limits, too. And, you know, not doing Yeah, like so, you said, in your situation, you were sober, right? So right, So alcohol exactly. wasn't even involved, right? So maybe we don't know the answer. Maybe this right. is, we need to have more conversation. Maybe a lot of what we're saying needs to happen. We need to have, we need to talk about and plan ahead, right? We need to be prepared. We're going to a party. I have sexy feelings, right? I have lust. I have crushes. I want to be close. I want to be physical. I want to be touched. But I also don't know if I can trust this person, right? So we have to go through to great lengths to find ourselves in, in optimal situations, right? Right. Yeah, so, all right, we are coming up to the top of the hour here. The both of you have been incredible. Um, there are, there's, there's so much here. There's so much more we could say. Uh, what do we want to leave folks with in terms of where do we go from here? What are the programs that you're being offered on college campuses, for example, and what what can we do different? What what what's being left out? Do you think if we could, in the world of all possibility, uh, Riley, what what um, can we imagine here? By imagine, do you mean like what programs could be put in place? Yeah, or anything. If we could just wave a magic wand and say, wouldn't it be great? I heard, you know, like you said, to have people have a designated sober person, have a designated. What what could colleges be doing? What could we be doing as a society, as a culture, to help us with this this uh, issue? Uh, on my campus, I'm not sure if there's. I don't. I just don't personally know about any programs, but that's because I'm probably not looking for them, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And then. But with, in a perfect world, if a woman could anonymously tell them what happened, because I think that's the biggest part is they don't want their name being out there as that person, mm -hmm. I guess, because it's, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think so, there's that no, so there's no program for you as a college freshman that talks about uh, sexual harassment, sexual assault, or date rape? I'm sure there is, and I could look it up, but I just, I'm not aware of one. So you never, as a freshman, were uh, given this program? No. Okay. Thank you for that. All right. So maybe we could start there, right? Yeah. Um, how about you, Caitlin? Uh, for me... What, what's happening on campus? What could we be doing in our college campuses uh, to help make a difference here? Yeah, what's happening on college campuses is, and this is just for the athletes, my awareness, We every year we get to go to a kind of like a talk, as you may call it, and, you know, it's brought up about um, sex, race, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I'm not sure what it's like for people outside of the athletic department if they get that those same um, talks as well. So maybe we could start with that and offering that to everyone on the campus. How effective was that for you, do you think? Because when we talked about it, you said people were rolling their eyes and kind of laughing yeah. it off. Uh, I think people don't take it seriously, you know, and especially it wasn't necessarily the women who weren't taking it seriously, but, you know, it's, as Riley mentioned, it's those guys who think that they just own the school. 
Thank you for that. All right, everybody, we're going to break. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you so much, Riley and Caitlin, for being with us today. We're going to go to break. We'll be back for our wrap right after these messages. Audiobooks gives you instant access to over 50,000 of the best sellers and hottest book titles in romance, mystery, fiction, and many other genres. Just visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Audiobooks to get started. Do you have relationship questions? I wish my past relationships didn't affect my relationships now to the point that I project them onto my partner. I'm perpetually single. What does that mean? You know, I've been single for 15 years, and at this point, I can hardly even imagine what intimacy and total connection would even feel like. The part of my relationship with a man that I've had in my life for so many years that keeps me here and present is that the relationship is not just about me, about us. We come in at 50-50, and it feels so good when you can help that other person move forward and they can help you. To get answers to your relationship questions, call in to Real Time Relationships with Marianne Camarado every fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on HealthyLife.net. ASMC, the premier German company that supplies everything for adventure, from outdoor clothes to outdoor gear, even backpacks. Lots of quality and lots of specials. To start your adventure, go to HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ASMC. You're listening to CHSR Real Radio on the web. for joining us today. I'm so glad that you were with us talking about this very important topic, conversation around date rape and a date rape culture. We are so grateful to Riley and Caitlin for joining us today here on Real Time Relationships. Thank you both of you for being with us. Uh, we wish you every blessing on your journey um, as you go off into college trying to make a difference as we did today, raising awareness around this particular concern that we all have together, one in five. One in five women are being effective right now. Let's see if we can lower that to none. That would be a goal we can all hold in our hearts together. Uh, go to MarianneCamarado.com Marianne for more information. We'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks for joining us.